Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, let's go to Philippians chapter 4. And uh, if you're not already there, most of you probably are. And uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to actually review this just real quick. Um, how many remember that Philippians chapter 6 in the, in the mirror? Let no ang- Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6 in the mirror, it says, Let no anxiety about anything distract you. Rather, translate moments, excuse me, into prayerful worship and soak your requests with gratitude before God. The New King James just says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Then in verse 7, he says, And... The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now this is a peace that is beyond understanding. The uh, Weymouth translation says, And then the peace of God which transcends all our powers of thought will be a garrison to guard your hearts and minds in union with Christ Jesus. Now this was just recently, actually it was after last Wednesday, how many have ever had God minister to you in the middle of the night or when you're sleeping, something like that? So I've had this happen a few times. But I had something going on in the middle of the night. I don't know why. I woke up partially. How many have ever been kind of half awake, half asleep? But you're aware that God's dealing with your heart. I, and, and so I was sleeping, but I was aware of something that God was uh, dealing with me about and ministering to me. And this verse came to my mind. And I literally felt like there was a guard around my mind. And then a guard, and it felt like this, around my heart. Like I was aware of the fact that the guard was here on, my, on your heart side. How many realize what I'm, what I'm saying here? And I was aware of that fact that that guard was there. That whatever was going on in the spirit couldn't get here or here. Isn't that good? It sets a garrison, the peace of God. Now this is beyond understanding. Right? This is beyond natural. This isn't uh, you, you know, setting the right music and you know, having just the right lighting in your house and, and your favorite show on or just the right food to create what you think is an atmosphere of peace. This is peace that is so supernatural that it could be a, uh, you could have a uh, total chaos going around you and yet you're rested. Do you know that the Christian life is impossible? (laughs) You know, people say, people, you know, they think, well, I'm, I'm, you know, they're, they're, they're living out their Christian life out of their own ability. You can't. Naturally, it's impossible. You know, it's impossible for us to love the way God loves without his. It's impossible. You're not born again and then all of a sudden, oh, I can do this. Yeah, keep running that track and see how it goes. No, it's all by grace through faith. So we need to not look at these scriptures and go, man, this this piece, yeah, how am I going to sort of get the Lord or work this up myself? You won't. You have to put trust in his words, which means in the middle of situations, you have two options. I can try and do something with this and try and coerce and work and manipulate the situation, or I can cast all my care over on the Lord and He cares for me. And do you know 
that it is that you have to fight to stay in faith and rest? It's a fight. Especially if you're a doer or somebody that likes to get in there and you're a fixer. You're going to fix everybody. Right? I'm going to fix this. Just give it to me, I'll fix it. How many have tried to fix things and then it fixed you? <laughs> right? There, as, you, as we grow in the Lord, and those of you that have walked with the Lord longer, you know this. There are certain things you just have to go, there you go. You know, I, I, I've, I've navigated around this problem from every mental angle, talked to every smart person I know, and I still have no answer. Lord, it's yours. You know, and we, we, you know, we kind of, you know, in my immaturity at times, I go, you, you know, Lord, good luck. <laughs> you know, like, like he needs luck, you know. <laughs> but every time I've released it that way and let it go, the Lord works it out. The Lord works it out every time. And when you cast all your care over on him, then what? His peace all of a sudden, you, you find you're, you're not, it wasn't as big a deal as you thought it was. And you leave it in His hands. There are so many things in this life that can get us wrought up into worry and tied in knots if we allow them to. How many uh, are like me? Most of you were raised around worry as normal and anxiety as normal. Even if it wasn't spoken, you can feel it. You know, like my dad, he worried about things. He'd never say anything, but you know how you can just kind of, even as a kid, you can feel it. You may not be able to describe what you feel, but you can feel, kids can feel when there's tension in the house. They know. They know. They can feel when things are spiritually in disorder. I'm not talking about, you know, mom and dad are just goofing or going back and forth. I'm talking about like there's real disorder in the house. It can be, it can be felt. Brother Hagen shared with us one time about a, uh, uh, a couple. They went into a couple's house, the minister friends that they had ministered to before, and they were just driving through, and they thought they'd stop and visit this pastor and his wife. And when they walked in the house, they both looked at each other and said, harsh words have been spoken here. And they, they didn't hear any of them. But you, whatever's in you and then you speak, it becomes the atmosphere of the place, right? So we have to be aware of these things because that's not peace garrisoning, 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 is that a word? It's not a garrison of peace around our mind or our heart because if there's peace, then there's peace. If there's peace within us, there's peace out. And it's a supernatural peace and it goes on and it, 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 it surpasses our understanding the um, New Living Translation of verse 7 says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I like that. This, the, the garrison, the idea is, uh, one translation says it this way, Just like the sentry guard secures a city, watching out in advance for the first signs of any possible threat, 
your heart's deepest feelings and the tranquility of your thoughts are fully guarded there. So why am I going to make it through? Why is this going to be okay? Why are we going to come out on the other side of the test with a testimony? Because the peace of God and the serenity of God, the throne room is, is on, on the task. The, throne, the power of God, the resurrection anointing of God, the angels of heaven are in full operation concerning my situation. Amen? And that's how this peace operates. And we do this by grace through faith. I'm going to rest in this. This word peace is, has to do with shalom, but it is the peace that is, the, that is serenity where God lives. The outworking of this peace is best illustrated in the Hebrew word shalom, and it means wholeness and total well-being, which only God can bestow. This peace, or the role of this peace, is to guard the entirety of the believer's inner being. From the center of emotions and feelings, the heart, through to the reasoned thought processes of the mind. This peace comes, I love this, when we realize we don't have to figure out how the result will come. <laughs> You'll rest, you know you're in faith when you're resting. Because the scripture says, they that are of faith do enter into rest. So you're just going to do nothing. Nope, I am doing something. I'm in faith. Yeah, but you're not going to try to do anything. No, I'm already doing something. I'm not trying to do anything. I am in faith. Which means God is on the move. And I don't know about you, but who better can you get to work on your case beside Jehovah? Nobody. So... Doesn't matter the circumstance, doesn't matter the, the, the surrounding situations, doesn't matter the personalities that are involved in the situation, none of that matters when you're in faith because God is moving on your behalf. You don't have to figure out, that's what I, I love this statement by Bobby Andy, you don't have to figure out how the result, result will come, that our outcome is in the hands of the Lord. And I would add, according to His promises. My outcome, your outcome, is in the hands of the Lord, according to His promises. So how afraid do we have to be? None at all. Even when, we are in the, even when we've seen tragedy, we've seen things happen that we know wasn't the Lord. It was the enemy got in, he got a steal in, he got a kill in, he got a destroy in. How many know what I'm talking about? Even in the midst of that, the Lord can restore you to full peace, full understanding, full rest. I will just, I'll just put it to you like this. Is God in anxiety over our situations. So should we be? No. Well, how are we going to do it? Well, the Lord knows. We're going to wait on Him and fellowship with Him. As He reveals things to us, we do them. But that's an act of faith and an act of rest. Amen? Okay? So we're going to get into verse uh, 8 now, and this is a big part of maintaining this peace. 
This is a big part of maintaining this peace. Now, in context of these verses, Paul is dealing with a fight between Yodia and Syntyche, two great names, who are fighting in the church. And so he's talking about peace. And verse 8 says this, Finally, brethren, and that's just the church, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, I love this verse because it challenges me. Now, I want a show of hands of everybody whose thoughts are constantly this way. I mean, every, all day, every day, you just have noble thoughts, you have true thoughts, you have... <laughs> this takes effort on our part, doesn't it? What do we know concerning the mind? The mind is like a computer, right? Whatever you put in it, it will be there. How many have noticed that? Okay. What, what else do we know about the mind? We're not the only ones trying to put information in there. So I posted a statement on Facebook for tonight, on my Facebook page, and, it, and I made the statement, you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. And I didn't do any explaining on what that means. But that's something Brother Hagin used to say all the time to, to, the, uh, to the students when he taught concerning this subject. What does that mean? You're not going to stop thoughts that are outside of the context of what's being expressed here from coming to you, but you can stop them from, le- from building a nest in your hair. You can stop them from making a home in your mind. That's what he's talking about. So let's go through this and let's look at this because this is a big deal. A lot of times believers don't realize, they don't, they don't uh, even myself at times, now, I don't, I don't ascribe to this in the sense of um, this is what I'm believing for, but sometimes it can feel like, how in the world are you supposed to do that verse? I, you want me to meditate on your word, Lord, day and night, and you want me to meditate these things and not allow anything else in there, and you got a pretty good list going here. And we live in a world where thoughts, satanic thoughts are coming, not to mention, not to mention carnal thoughts, and then you've got to put up with the person's mouth next to you. How many have noticed that people will say what the devil says quickly? <laughs> they don't even know it. They'll call it themselves. And so we need to approach this verse with a... A true heart of faith and submission. We don't need to look at this verse and go, Lord, I know you said this, but it's not possible. Do you think that's going to fly with him? (laughs) Okay? No, it's not. It's not at all. We have to come from the standpoint of, okay, Lord, I am not walking in the fullness of this verse, but this verse is totally possible. Because with you, all things are possible. Which means if we learn how to function with the grace that is within us in faith, we can have this kind of mind in operation. This can be our daily meditation. 
Well, that stretches you, doesn't it? It stretches me. I mean, maybe you're further along than I am. It doesn't stretch you at all. You're like, yeah, I've been doing this for years. Let's listen to this in the uh, New Living. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. (laughs) Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. The Amplified says, for the rest, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and honorable and is seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. The message says this, summing it all up, friends, I'll say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. In the uh, Passion Translation, it says, so keep your thoughts. You like that? So keep your thoughts. What? Continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Now, what would your and my day look like if we did this? I'll say this first. You may have to eliminate putting other things in your mind in order for this to happen. Well, that's my favorite show. Run your favorite show through this list. (laughs) Amen? This will be a shouting service someday. Today, it's a growing service. (laughs) For me, too. Paul now tells the Philippians what they are to be thinking on. Now that their minds are not filled with worry, (laughs) we do have power over our thoughts and do not have to let our minds wander. Well, I wish I would have learned this younger. (laughs) It would have done me a world of good if I would have learned this younger. But I noticed this. God doesn't say, if you're this age. (laughs) You know what else he doesn't say? There's no scripture that says you can't teach an old dog new tricks. (laughs) You know, because people, I literally have had people walk up to me after a service and go, that's a good preaching, but you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm like, where is that in the Bible? The Lord didn't say that. Do you know why we say those things? Because we're approaching it without grace. We're approaching what God has said to us, the command, the the mandate for maturity, without grace when when we eliminate our success right off the bat because we know who we are. We know how we were raised. We know our family history. 
And the Lord says, I don't care if you're male. I don't care if you're female. I don't care if you're Jewish. I don't care if you're Gentile. In Christ, you're a brand new creation and none of that matters. We have to renew our minds to what he said. So when we read this verse, we should go, I fully intend to live there. <laughs> right? And here's the great thing. You and I both know we can't do it on our own anyway, so we're going to need grace. But we have to, it has to be applied grace, which means what? Then there's an act of faith on our part. And, and the first way we, we, we begin to enact this verse is we begin to say, I meditate on. We begin to step into, I meditate on. Do you, do you, the Lord knows, He fully knows that you and I are not going to do this verse perfectly straight off the bat. He fully knows that we're going through the process. We're not intentionally trying to, to mess this verse up in our lives and live in sin. What we're doing is, is he's looking down at us going, walk to me. Come on, this is what parents do with little kids, right? You know, we try to, you know, when the kids are little and they're little babies and you're holding them all the time and they're like, you know at a certain age, at a certain growth point in the baby's life that a healthy child will begin to do what? At least stand, get up on all, you know, how many have done this? You know, you watched your kid roll over, you know? Then eventually they get up on all, yeah, right? And they start doing what? Rocking. They rock. Yeah, push-ups. Ian, we got pictures of Ian. He'd lay on his side and he'd, what, he'd pull his foot up like this. And he'd just sit there like that and look at you, you know. <laughs> look what I can do, guys, you know. <laughs> you should have seen his hair before it got cut. I mean curly, just curls. I know, grow it out again, son. You, everybody will be happy. Okay, so. <laughs> so anyway, but we, with each of our kids, like when Taylor first started walking, you know, and then you try and get him to sit down after you teach him to walk, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, but anyway, when Taylor first started walking, these are the stages, and you sit in one chair, and then another, you know, grandparent or parent sits in another chair, and you do what? You do this, Right? And they turn and they, and then they start walking, right? I am not going to share that story. I know you want to, Susan, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> Susan's eyeing me like, tell the story about Kylie. I know you all want me to, but I'm not going to. Okay, so <laughs> we're trying to get them to walk, right? Well, that's what the Lord's doing here. If we never step out in faith on this and go, yeah, Lord, you're right. I can think and meditate on whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is of a good report. I can fill my mind with the reality of the resurrection graces that are within me. If we never do that by faith, if we just get intimidated by the level of divinity that God has placed within us, instead of activating the seed, we'll never experience, never experience it. I don't know about you, 
But I'd like to live with a garrisoned mind and heart. I'd like to grow and develop. I'd like not to be just the Christian that got saved and then, you know, just kind of barely made it into heaven. And whoo, we made it. But we never grew. We never developed. We never spiritually got to the place where we were really an impact in the world around us. To where others are absolutely panicking over what's going on in the world. And we're going, it's a wonderful day today. You know, there are people that worried all day today and the temperature was about perfect. They could have rested and had revelation from God today. They could have had this mind working in them that is working in who? Christ Jesus, our Lord. Do you know the Lord is not in heaven biting off his fingernails? He doesn't have that problem. He doesn't wonder what's going to happen at the end. He, he already knows the end from before the beginning ever got here. You know what I mean? At the beginning, he knew it from the beginning. And so we serve that God, which means we can have this mind in us that was in Christ as well. We can live in that serenity, in that peace. We can live in that place of having absolute trust in him where we have a mind that is focused on what is true, noble, just, right, all these things. We can have that mind. Let's look at some of this. So whatsoever things or whatever things are true, what does true mean? True means correct. It means sincere, honorable. It has to do with character. So whatever things are true, it's the, the opposite of truth is what? A lie. So if you say, I have no patience, and the Lord says, I gave you my patience, which is true, which is a lie. <laughs> you see that? If you say, well, I just can't, you know, I, 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 I just can't love that person. And God says, my love's in you. Whatever things are true, well, you just don't understand their political beliefs. God doesn't care in a general sense. I, I like what Andrew Womack says. God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. People say, what does that mean? That means it doesn't matter what you do, God's going to love you. I didn't say you were saved automatically. I said he loves you. He loves me. He may look down and go, that was not good decisions. I would not do that, but I still love you. He will tell you, that was bad decisions, but I still love you. So whatever things are what? True. What do we know about truth? Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true, but every man a liar. John 8, 31 says, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, or who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Verse 32 says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. So specifically, I want to tie this back to the two ladies that are fighting. <laughs> I'm done saying their names. <laughs> when there is a disagreement 
It is easy to take sides emotionally and abandon truth. Have you ever been in a fight? Have you ever had a group of people fighting against another group and you were in one group and they were in the other? It's easy to abandon what? Truth and emotionally build up thoughts in your mind. Well, they probably meant this. And they probably meant that, and they probably intended this to happen. And I'm going to go ahead and do this ahead of what they're... How many have ever done this? You built up the case, and then you found out the truth, and you went... It was totally opposite. I'll raise both hands. So we need to think on whatever is true. This is not only in situations that are difficult, but then also in our daily lives concerning what the Lord has spoken to us. Whatever things are noble. Noble means grave or honest. It means venerable and reverent. It means virtuous. The word noble has to do with living in the straight way. That was one definition. In other words, I'm, I'm living the straight and narrow path. I am thinking on noble things. People come up to you and go, did you hear about so and so? No, 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 nope, 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 that's not for my mind. You know, some people are like, that's my best friend. I just let them say whatever they want to me. And your brain is their dump. I don't let people do that to me. Well, I just need to vent. Is that a scripture? Well, I have a listening ear. And you wonder why you have chaos in your head. You know, I heard about a minister who was counseling, doing some marriage counseling with a young couple. And the, the lady was just going on and on. And, and she said, my husband is not like so-and-so. And this minister kind of looked like blank, like who's so-and-so? You know, who's this person? And the, the husband rolled his eyes and looked at the minister and said, it's a character in a soap opera. Garbage in. Garbage out. <laughs> In other words, this person, this wife, is so deceived that they find that it's okay that they compare their husband to an actor. Uh, have you ever looked at the marriage and divorce rates among actors and actresses? Whatever is noble. Whatever things are just. Just means equitable, right, and innocent. The word means chaste, modest, and not contaminated. Don't think contaminated thoughts. Contaminated thoughts produce contaminated words. Contaminated words produce co contaminated results. Whatever things are pure. Pure means clean. It means pure from every fault. It means immaculate and sacred. Do you see how this takes, uh, this is supernatural, that this could happen? It means uh, not contaminated. It's used to express freedom from defilements or impurities. In a more restricted sense, not only chastity, but also virginity. It means purification. The quality of purity, purely. In other words, Joseph was pure. 
or unpolluted in that he reverenced the everlasting sanctities of marriage, the defilement of which he considered sinning against God, the originator of marriage. He was holy or pure in that he separated himself from unholy fellowship with his temptress. He proved himself pure in that he kept his body undefiled. Talking about Joseph in the Old Testament. That's in Genesis 39, 7 through 12. So that's what your thoughts should be that way. What's contaminating my thoughts concerning the people around me? What's trying to contaminate? What is, un, what is uh, trying to get in that isn't pure? Whatever things are lovely, we're to think on these things. Lovely means to be agreeable. It means uh, attracting love. When there is fighting going on in a church, it means that improper thoughts are sitting in believers' minds concerning other believers. When wrong thoughts are not taken captive, they turn into wrong words and wrong actions. Have you ever done this? Somebody made you mad somewhere, we'll just say at church or wherever, and you see them, and inside you, you want to go, huh? What's that mean? That means there's a thought there that what? Shouldn't be. Do you know love works no ill to his neighbor? Do you know what ill is? It's just any little thing. So whenever ill comes up, you know you got flesh or a temptation of the enemy. Well, you don't know how they treated me. I know how we treated Jesus. And how did he treat us in response? Amen? That while we were yet sinners, he died for us. So you're telling me I have to die for my neighbor. Do you know what they did? I don't care what they did. And yes, I am telling you that. And actually, I'm not telling you that. This is telling you that. Well, that's hitting like a lead balloon. Maybe I should just sit on it for a while. I only tell you for your benefit and my benefit. Well, they could do something in the future that could hurt me. I'm not saying you have to put all your trust in them. I'm saying you have to love them. Actually, you get to. Actually, it's your nature. Amen? Because whatever is lovely, right? You know, I heard years ago about the person in the church. There was one lady in the church or one gentleman in the church that Man, this church had made up their mind to love everybody and find the good in everybody, and they just could not find the good in this guy. But they, they worked really hard to try and, you know, find what is there something. And finally, they were having a meeting, a board meeting, and they were talking about it. And one wise gentleman spoke up and said, well, he's the best example of what not to do. We're to think on things that are a good report. A good report means well spoken of. It means uttering words of good omen and speaking auspiciously or favorably about people. You know, if you can't find anything good to say, people say, well, what do you think about this person? Well, if, if there isn't, if you know the person's a swindler and you know it's going to be difficult, you know, our, one of our favorite Christianese statements is, you know, uh, you need to pray about it. But Brother Hagin would say this, well, 
I'll just say you need to be careful. And you leave it at that. And people say, well, what do you think about it? You say, I don't let myself think about it. (laughs) We got to get this. I might have to preach on this another Wednesday before we leave. This is one of those things, and I'm with you. I get it. We are so conditioned to think like the world. We need to think differently. See, services like this are really informational and boring. They tempt you to go to sleep while you're sitting there. Like, I worked all week, and so it has been busy, and, you know, I'm tired, and, and, and you're giving me these definitions of these words. But I'm telling you, it's these things that produce the glory cloud in a room. I'm telling you, God, God is not withholding from us. We withhold from ourselves when we don't operate in these levels. I'd be a terrible pastor if I just let babies just be babies forever. Do you know I have a real thing about this? I know that one day, including myself, I know that one day I have to stand before the Lord. And he's going to go, well, you had a really large church, but you never preached on half of what I told you to preach on. But they sure did feel good every week. Okay. Good report. (laughs) Whatever is of virtue and praiseworthy. We'll end right here. Virtue means valor, moral excellence. Uh, Virtue is joined as an essential quality in the exercise of faith. It's courage, fortitude, and resolution. Praiseworthy, whatever is praiseworthy, simply means worthy of honor. In other words, you could say this. I'm going to think about God. I'm going to think about his things. And then when your mind tries to go somewhere else, you go, no, you get back here and sit down. You say, How, where did you learn that? I was at the church picnic, and I heard Mark get after his dog, and the dog came back and sat out. Your mind is the same way. You have to turn around and go, where do you think you're going? Get back over here, sit down. We don't think over there, we think here. We don't think over there, we think here. And how many have noticed this, that your mind at, 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 in certain areas, and maybe you're more developed in this than in others, but you can, you, boredom, anything. If you don't know what to do, your mind will start just going places. How many have ever uh, noticed this? Your mind will start with, I wonder. You know, uh, I say hi to Herb, and he kind of half smiles at me, but doesn't really say hi. And then my mind will go, I wonder if Herb's mad at me. (laughs) Our natural mind doesn't, what is the response I'm supposed to have to that? Love takes no account of a wrong suffered. Not to mention, love doesn't think evil. So what do I need to do in that moment? Herb must, you know, his other side of his face must not be working right. I, will <laughs> I need to pray for Herb. I will <laughs> I'm not supposed to assign evil to someone because they didn't do what was comforting to... 
Me? I'm anointed to live this way, and you are too. Meditate on these things to occupy oneself with reckonings or calculations to ponder. Sit and ponder about what is noble, what is true, what is praiseworthy, what is virtuous and excellent. Sit and ponder, calculate, think about, add up all the things. Sit down and make a list of praiseworthy things, of noble things, of true things, of venerable things, of those things that are character, those things that are of righteousness, those things that are of holiness. And if you meditate on these things, feed on these things, uh, 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 overfill your mind with these things, you'll find that the conditions that are physically in operation in pain and sickness in your body will dissipate. Devil can't stand this kind of land. He doesn't like that kind of mind filled with that kind of grain. He can't stand it. You'll find that your body... You know, people... Uh, I heard somebody say one time that... And I was recently watching something on this that uh, 75% of people, and this isn't always true, but it was a doctor's thing, uh, 75% of people that are in the hospital is due to anxiety and stress. I, did a, uh, I listened to a series by Keith Moore, and I'd recommend it to you. Uh, More Life Ministries is Keith Moore. If you Google him, you'll find him. He's pretty popular. But uh, he, uh, he said he did a study on longevity of life. And he said the number one thing he found with those people that lived the longest, they worried about nothing. They weren't even, they weren't even uh, health nuts. Some of them had tobacco addictions. One guy said, what's your key to longevity? longevity. They interviewed him. He said, uh, believe God and chew Prince Albert tobacco. <laughs> I've never even heard of Prince Albert tobacco. I, I'm like, where do you get this stuff? My wife won't let me choose, so um, <laughs> thinking about picking up the pipe, you know. <laughs> How many had? A, my, I had a grandpa, my muffa, which is mother's father, in uh, I think Danish, but uh, muffa. He was my grandpa. I grew up. He smoked a pipe in there. You know how good that house smelled? Oh my goodness! We still have his tobacco container. My mom's house. I can go over there, open it up, and take hits. <laughs> 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 oh, muffa. Mm. <laughs> now, the, the number one thing that they did was not worry. Some of them, and if you listen to the, the teaching, you'd hear it. Uh, one gentleman lost all his teeth, grew, grew all new teeth back in, like in his 60s. Some of them were fathering children in their 60s and lived well into their 90s and 100, over 100. I know some people are going, I don't want any kids. <laughs> I'm not telling you to have kids. I'm just saying we need to believe God and change our thinking. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.